0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of a German and Aussie reviewer movie for 2024. So Happy New Year, Gregor.
1: Happy New Year, Territ. Happy New Year to all the listeners.
0: Yes, it's been a while. We've been sort of like both on holidays and not quite coordinating as much as we should have, but we have recently, and I made the suggestion for this movie. I thought this suggestion might actually surprise Gregor slightly when I made it, and it was a 2023 movie called Society of the Snow.
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised by it. Uh, I thought that must be the connection we have even when we are on other ends of the world because I uh, was in Spain over Christmas or over New Year's and uh, there were a lot of posters for that movie. Uh, it was, like, uh, hyped a lot and a uh, lot of ads everywhere. Is it a big thing in Australia as well?
0: People know about it and people are saying, oh, have you seen that movie? Did you watch it? It's more a Netflix trend, you know what I mean? Like... But it's not a huge, well, it's not an English movie that turns a lot of people off straight away. But it had certainly had a lot of traction about being a fantastic film and everything like that. What we might do is do a start with a usual brief synopsis. And do you want to take that away, Gregor?
1: Yeah, sure. This one should be rather easy, even for me, uh, usually screwing up the synopsis. The movie is based on a true story and uh, it's based on a plane crashing in the Andes in 1972. And it is about the passengers surviving and basically trying to get off the mountain because they are trapped in the worst uh, circumstances possible, I guess at 5,000 meters uh, minus 40 degrees in the middle of the mountains. Harrowing true story already got made into a movie called Alive 1993 with Ethan Hawke. Did you ever see that one? Yes, I saw that back in the day. Any memories on it?
0: Not really, because when I saw it, it was one of those things where I saw it, I think I saw it on video at a friend's house and we weren't really paying that much attention. Everyone just looked at the plane crash scene and then everyone just zoned out a bit, you know what I mean? You know, so, but I remember I think it was a good movie and that's what, in a way I wanted to watch this one too, just to compare the two because the previous one, Alive, is an American movie and this is obviously not.
1: I feel like they took uh, the very authentic road this time. Uh, I think all the crew is like Uruguayan. The passengers in the plane are mostly a Uruguayan rugby team, very young men who were flying back from a game in 1972. So they took local actors, I actually watched it in Spanish with Spanish subtitles, <laughs> so something might have gotten lost because holy moly, when you hear that kind of Uruguayan dialect, I didn't understand anything for the like, first 20 minutes. Uh, so luckily I have my Spanish translator uh, on my side, but how did you watch it, Cheryl? Did you watch it in uh, Chinese or uh, in uh, <laughs> Spanish?
0: No, no, I watched it with English subtitles. I thought because it was set in the 70s, and I was around in the 70s, is I often look at these films and I see if they've got it right. There were some people that looked a little bit more 90s and a bit more naughties to me, but on the whole, they got it right. They don't, certainly didn't get it as wrong as some of them do people have very strange ideas about what the 70s were i think they just look up something on google and go okay everybody had orange cars and yellow houses you know what i mean like but this one was actually pretty realistic i also thought it was uh, it had a really nice contrast between their lives before the crash and during it i thought the visual contrast obviously they had a lot to work with because they're in the real world and then suddenly they're in snow you, you could really see the film clip over from, you know, very vibrant to very blue-based and very austere. But I thought the plane crash scene was really, really good. Have you seen the Alive plane crash screen? I actually did watch it again on YouTube because I wanted to compare the two. I only
1: watched the trailer. Um, what did you think about the original one or the Alive uh,
0: one? The original one's more American. Like, it's just the way it's filmed is all, like, not knocking it, but it's just more you know, there's more, you know, people, you know, grimacing and, you know, the plane parts of it smashed off and then another part fell off and then another part fell off. Whereas I thought this one was, I imagine how it would actually be. But the one thing they both did share is that there was no music during the plane crash scene. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also felt um,
0: there's not a ton of music throughout the whole
1: movie. I feel like they took a very documentary-like approach and it shows well with the plane crash. Yeah, it's very it's how you imagine a blank crash i hope i never get to witness one but it's very abrupt right very short but super hard how the seats are smashing the legs and
0: they all just compress whereas the American one when you watch it is a bit more if ever you've seen say any Final Destination ones the first Final Destination horror movie you know where it was all sorts of dramatic crap going on it's a bit more like that having said that I did really like the scene in Final Destination when they had the plane crash
1: still follows me until uh, today Uh, I think every time I'm at an airport or in a plane can't get rid of that scene once you've seen it.
0: To be honest, whenever I get on a plane, I think of that (laughs) scene.
1: Sorry, it's a bit off topic, but talking about Final Destination scene. The other scene I always uh, remember is, have you watched in the second one where uh, they start on this highway with the truck with the uh, tree trunks on it? Every time I see a truck with three trucks on highway, I have to fucking remember that scene. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive behind that.
0: I must admit, when I'm in a car and it's loaded up, I try and go around it because I think of the Final Destination scene. So, You know, if there's a car loaded up with poles or tons of, you know, removal of stuff, I always go around it or linger back. Because I just imagine, you know, they're going to knock a cup of coffee over and then it's all yeah. going to go completely really wrong. And, and I'll, you know, basically a giant piece of wood smashed through my face or something like
1: that. OK. Also, what I remember is when I go to the um, to the sun tanning uh, bed.
0: Oh yeah, that's funny. That's
1: also a good scene where they can't open the door anymore. And I'm like, whoa, That's a tough one. Are you doing the
0: sun tanning bed? This is a bit of a revelation.
1: I haven't done it since Australia because now I'm just a naturally brown looking Aussie guy like you. But uh, before I I used to do it sometimes. <laughs>
0: you never told me that, your vain thing. But anyway, I... It's pretty we still
1: I? We still have secrets. Uh, isn't that nice? Keeps our relationship fresh.
0: New and exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, I have... The only tan I've ever done is I did some fake tan once, and it was one of those ones where I put it on and I thought, this looks pretty good. And then I went and bit, you know caught up with my friends and they were like, what the hell is on your face? You know what I mean? Like, nobody. It didn't convince anybody. I was like, oh, nothing. I've just been in the sun. And they're like, no, that's not true. So um, anyway, back to the movie. So yes, after the quite harrowing crash scene, you know, then you get a lot of protracted scenes of, Look, I really thought this was a really powerful movie and very good, but it suffers from what I think almost all the new films are suffering. It's just too long. Agreed. It needed a trim for about half an hour. I thought it would have been more powerful. I thought it was nice how they acknowledged the death of the people as they went along and they would name them. The use of topography within a film to tell a story is not very typical, so I liked that.
1: I think what I what I liked is that they actually didn't show a ton of um, scenes outside of the crash. So it was really like, you really felt like you were with them. You There was not really, there's a little bit voiceover, but not really anything that gives anything away. Like, I don't know, a guy 40 years later telling, yes, that was a very tough moment. Du-du-du. You don't really have any, any scenes like that. So I, I really liked that. Um, so they already cut out a lot, but I agree there's a Middle part where it feels like they they are ticking off a little bit what happened. I don't know if you listen to the podcast I sent you, um, and then when you when you hear the podcast, basically um, from you're wrong about, and they talk about the the true story, and it is very close to the movie. So when you listen to the podcast over watching the movies, I feel like I understood some scenes better because there's a scene where they then find a, a radio and they try to communicate. And that is all something that happened. But I'm not sure you need to show everything in the movie. Like they could have cut some of the facts out for traumatic purposes, I found.
0: Well, the American one is pretty similar, but the last probably 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes are different. That's where it varies. Yeah, I just thought for a while there it was like someone's starving, someone's got something, mm-hmm. someone's old, and then they die. And then the next person would and they tick them off. Now here comes a slight spoiler for anybody. So if you want to turn off now, it's not a huge spoiler, but it could be if you if you're very young. I thought the cannibal scene was handled really well. It wasn't really gratuitous. All the cutting of the people didn't you didn't see it at all happen off camera, which I liked. Because it could have been really gruesome. As the movie progressed, eating the dead bodies just became a fact of life. I thought that was really quite disturbing when they showed a rib cage. Yeah. Like, it wasn't covered in blood or all gory or horrible. It was just like, to show that they were just eating everything by that stage. They were really modest about what they'd eat. But then they started to starve. Yeah. And they just had to eat everything. I actually did a bit of reading about how they made it. And they actually went to where it happened wasn't all created in a studio. Some of it was, but all the exterior shots and everything, they actually went there. At the time, it happened because the director wanted it to look really authentic and to capture the atmosphere. And, and I think that's amazing that they did that.
1: Yeah, I think the director and the team, they really put a lot of work into authenticity. I think the actors, of course, they talked to all the survivors and to the families and... Um, yeah, like you say, they went to to the Andes shot there. Uh, I didn't know they even went to the the original place. So that is uh,
0: yeah, where it was or very close to it.
1: And I feel it shows like for almost all of the movie, like you really feel like they are in the in the mountains.
0: When I was watching it, I was like, oh, there's going to be one cheesy CGI scene and I'm going to know that they're not in the snow. You know what I mean? But yeah. they, that never came. And now I understand why, because most of it, if not all of it, was pretty much filmed that way. Yeah, film location. So, you know, because in those sort of things, you sometimes you think, oh, that's not quite right. You know, the CGI can be a bit like that, especially if they don't have the money to sell it, to spend on it.
1: I, I really liked that it was uh, so authentic. I um, personally am not a huge fan of uh, catastrophic movies. I watched it more because uh, you wanted to see it. And I know I wanted to see it as well. And uh, I think I know her, for example, she likes a lot of the work from the director. Uh, like, for example, have you ever seen The The Impossible with Ozzy Naomi Watts?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Yeah. It's, I think, another very successful movie from the director about the uh, tsunami in Thailand. Oh,
0: yeah, I know the one you're talking about.
1: But yeah, I feel like reading about these things is already harrowing enough. I don't need to <laughs> to watch a whole movie how terrible it is on uh, uh, if you see the pictures. This one I found, yeah, like you say, with the with the cannibal story. I honestly forgot about it until until you mentioned it for a second. It's handled well, and although terrible things happen and a lot of people die, it, uh, it goes out hopeful. Like, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a positive story in the end, if you can say that. I like, and it. another
0: thing that was a little bit unusual in movies these days, particularly, is that it had a really positive religious thing. Yeah, you know, like. It's, you don't see a lot of religious themes and usually when you do it's always the church did something wrong and you know a priest was a pedophile and all this sort of stuff you very rarely see someone like praying for their life like you would never see, it's not something you see a lot of I know it's said in 1972 but I was I liked how they kept that in because that was a big part of it because they all were quite religious or at least had some religious background it just made it seem a bit more real for the time for me because I can remember people were more church going and more religious back in the 70s.
1: I think they met in religious school and that's where they formed the rugby team, yeah.
0: Those sort of scenes where, you know, where the final scene, another spoiler coming up here, when, you know, the two of them take off to try and just track their way out to go for help. I thought that was phenomenal. Imagine just making that decision, like, okay, we're yeah. going to walk until we find somebody.
1: And that there with the cannibalism also, it, I feel like it becomes so normal that you even don't think about it, and you think, yeah, of course, I would do the same. So when they continue walking uh, down to the valley to try to get for help, they kind of have like uh, human flesh, like a snacks, basically, uh, with them in their like in their kind of taba uh, wear, so to say. So it's like, and in the end, and of course, he. Shamefully uh, hides it uh, when when they get found, but it's like, yeah, of course, to, you need to eat, you need to survive, so you you pack yourself some human flesh, snackies uh, on the way to the valley.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, and just that bit where they you know they come across that river, and then they just look up, all of a sudden someone's there. Yeah, and that's and then it's changed, the whole thing's changed. I thought that was really really well done.
1: Yeah. Like, really, I can only recommend everyone also to listen to the podcast or to read about the true story as well, because it's kind of like in the movie, but uh, there are maybe some details the movie left out, but it's just such an amazing story. And it's like Abdominal. crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. It was just, it was insane. I just thought it was a really. You know, I was, like, quite moved at the end of it. I was like, wow, look what they went through. You know what I mean? And they survived. And of the 16 passengers, I did read, 14 of them are still alive. I think one of them died of cancer and another one died of something else. And the guy that found them on the horse when they looked up, he's dead because he was a bit older. But I still thought, wow, they're still around. (laughs) Yeah. Lives,
1: yeah. a, and apparently they for like 30 years or something they every year once a year they met also with the guy who found them like they did a little reunion
0: yeah so. i guess it would certainly change your perspective on life there but you know it's it's also the difference between an american talk show culture and european culture because i really had to search to find them and faces of them and what they're doing now like Whereas, like, in America, if something like that happened, they'd be national heroes, you know what I mean? Like,
1: To be fair, it's South America, uh, and I know I would be beating your ass for uh, basically putting Europe slash Spain and South America in the same corner <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> but we, was, we expect was,
1: nothing was, else, Geraldo.
0: One of those ignorant people that just doesn't know where all the places are. <laughs> I also only learned in the
1: podcast a little bit that, uh, yeah, apparently one of the guys, he he became a bit of a playboy, and the other guy, he tried to run for president sometime later, but um, I think overall, they kept quite under the radar for probably doing one of the craziest things that people have ever done.
0: And the photos of them are actually, re- the guys that they picked are pretty close yeah. to the guy That was like,
1: impressive,
0: yeah. You know, like They did look very European, and Oh, well, sorry, whatever they were, South American. Uruguayan, yeah. <laughs> very like They did look, well, they didn't look Aussie, you know what I mean? They didn't look American.
1: Yeah. Too. And look, you're not wrong. There's been a lot of Spanish uh, colonizing uh, going on. And uh, so there is, of course, they look also very Spanish in, in certain ways.
0: Now, Gregor, you being a vegetarian, what do you think you would do in a situation like this? I didn't think of that.
1: Honestly, I'm the worst uh, wannabe vegetarian there is. like Now that I've been in, in Spain over um, Christmas time, I think I ate meat every day. So I would probably be the first one throwing all my principles overboard and biting in the nicest looking leg that is uh, available around me. And I think the movie um, does also a good job like um, kind of translating that because when you watch the movie, you feel like, Yeah, of course, they need to eat the dead people like, uh, what else are you going to do? Yeah, it's it's not not only that they are starving. They are also like at 4000 5000 meter height temperatures where you I don't know, burn like uh, five times as many calories as you would burn under normal circumstances. It's like, (laughs) there's literally no animals around, no plants, no anything. It's like, yeah, what what are you going to do? And it's nice and frosty, prepared, you know. So it's even like a good quality organic. Yeah, what I'd would you? On. What would you do, Geraldo?
0: Oh yeah, I'd be jumping on. I wouldn't care.
1: Um, but since you are not eating sugar at the moment, you have to be careful not to eat a, a diabetic person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that is my Christmas thing. Was you know to knock off the sugar because I went away and I had heaps of stuff, and I thought I should get my you know like I'll just knock off sugar for a weekend, man. I felt like they should make a documentary about me surviving that without the sugar because, like, it was I was absolutely knackered the whole time and I had to work, really. Hard. I had a lot of stuff on at work and I had to concentrate on it and I couldn't concentrate and it was... But I have to say, anyone thinking of doing the no sugar thing, give it after a week. It takes a good solid seven to ten days and then you just feel normal. You go back to normal again in the same energy levels, the same energy pattern, but there's a point where... You just think, I'm just going to lose my mind in a minute. But it, it does even out.
1: We should have done a, our call during this time. I want to see, like, an aggressive uh, chariot lashing out.
0: <laughs> okay, so how many Sterner would you give this one, Gregor, our first movie of the year? Did we go from one to five for one to ten? I already uh, got lost. Five, Gregor. Five. My
1: um, like...
0: non-sugary brain is clear on that. <laughs>
1: It's a really good movie. I think, personally, I'm not a fan of the survival genre, so I'm going to give it four out of five stars. uh, Four von fünf Stern. But if you really are into the topic, you could probably give it even more. There's not really something the movie is doing wrong, I would say, except being a bit long. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'd give it a solid four. It's not going to be a movie that a lot of people are going to like. It's not something you can just throw on after dinner and go, well, we'll just watch this, because... Um, I watched it over two sittings because you know I got a bit sort of tired, and um, because it is very long, would have been I would have been a five if it was like half an hour less, if not more. I don't know what's going on now. Everyone's making these really epically long films, but
1: and we it, sure complain about
0: it in every podcast. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, I should. It's a very it's a good quality film. I'd be wondering, I'd be curious to know if it gets any awards. It has to get awards for something.
1: I'm not sure either, but I think it gets a lot of views. So um, I feel mm-hmm. after this um, in Spain, it was big um, because they also put it into cinema and it's a big Spanish director. So it was naturally a bigger thing there. But um, now, even when in the office, when I mentioned the other day that I watched the movie, uh, quite some colleagues were like, oh, yeah, how is that? I was planning to watch that as well. So hopefully it gets us uh,
0: some listeners as well. Yes, yes. Well, it's one of our more current movies, although. I found a really good horror movie on YouTube from 1972 today and I was like oh, well, maybe I'll get Gregor to watch it we're all good. Well it is
1: the year it is the year of the plane crash so that's fitting to see. <laughs> What's um, the name?
0: It's called The House on Green Apple Road. Now, when I was a young thing, very young thing, I can I saw the opening scene of this and it stayed with me all these years and then I came across it by accident on YouTube this afternoon. So, I'm partially tempted to make that a movie we could review but i'm just not sure if you'll like it maybe
1: we should uh, we should watch uh, a couple of old horrors and then uh, do uh, maybe a multiple movie podcast
0: you know like old horrors but see what's old horrors for me is 70s and 60s but for you it's probably 90s actually speaking of that sort of a horror uh, i was watching a couple of um interviews with jennifer love hewitt oh you That's know, a
1: flashback.
0: Last summer and all those sort of I, c- I can be your hero, Geraldo. <laughs> you are. You are. Some some photos of her, you know, she's not really acting all that much anymore. And some photos of her looking middle-aged surfaced, and everyone ragged on her on the Internet. And she, you know, went on to defend herself and said, well, you know, I'm not 20 anymore and all that sort of thing. One of
1: your favorite uh, um, TV actors, one of the girls of the Playboy Mansion, uh, is saying recently, I think Kendra is her name, right?
0: I'm still listening to that podcast. Girls Next Level, for anybody interested in it.
1: But she's been uh, she's been quite hard. She said, like, yeah, she was basically on drugs since she was 15. And in hindsight, was a terrible time. She had depression. And she was like, of course, I didn't want to sleep with you, Hefner. Just wanted to be, like, uh, famous and so on. And yeah. It's it's all a little bit sad in in hindsight. She's still struggling, apparently.
0: Or oh, Kendra. Well, she does have a new show. Have you seen that?
1: <laughs> At least that keeps going on. No, maybe that was why she gave the interview. Um...
0: Anyway, the name of her show is Kendra Sells Hollywood, and she's basically a rookie real estate agent, and it's her journey to become a top real estate salesperson.
1: Isn't that... All the things the for all the Isn't that your dreams come true, Geraldo? One of the Playboy bunnies doing real estate, so two of your main interests in one show.
0: I did watch, I did watch a couple of episodes, I will admit. And Lego is a typical reality show where it was, you know, fake drama of like, oh no, someone's gonna close the deal before us, you know, and then it'll be like everyone looking at each other and but anyway, I've got to get to bed. So It's lovely to talk to you, Gregor, and all the best for the new year. Yeah, likewise. Let me stop the recording.